This is the Cleveland Guardians Fancast with your host, Quincy Wheeler, a podcast about the Cleveland Guardians and their fans. Quincy on the Guardians Fancast. You can find us at Guardian Fancast on Twitter. You can email me at Quincy at GuardiansFanCast.com. The Guardians got swept by the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. The less said about that, the better. Hope that Steven Kwan's okay. Look like he might have a hamstring injury. Might be seeing Richie Palacios. Might be seeing Luke Maley come up and play some catcher. So that'll be interesting. We'll see how things go in Los Angeles when the Guardians play the Angels. But today we're going to talk to a new friend. Hope you enjoy. Hey, it's Quincy, and I'm here with Andy Stager. Andy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Quincy. How are you? Good. Andy uh, is active on Guardian's Twitter, and he was one of those who responded to my plea to do some fan interviews. And thank you to all those who've been responding. So we have a chance to get to know Andy today and his Cleveland baseball experience. I know he's He's got a broad array of interests, and Cleveland baseball is one of those. So, Andy, tell me how you became a Cleveland baseball fan and what's been your experience. Oh, yeah. So I grew up in Talmadge, which is near Akron, Ohio, and started playing ball as a nine-year-old in North Hill and then eventually Talmadge Little League, played a year of high school, played catcher. All along, though, um, in addition to playing and, and playing lots of wiffle ball in the backyard, of course, uh, I was glued to Indians games growing up. And I have a, um, I had an Icelandic grandmother on one side and an Italian grandfather on the other side, and both of them were obsessed, were parked in front of Channel 43, uh, to watch every game that was broadcast. Um, so that was awesome. We, we, our extended family often went up to old municipal stadium to catch games. And, uh, I remember ice cream socials, you know, in the, the picnic table area behind the center field fence. And they would give you these Sundays in the little helmets, you know, the Indians helmets. Uh, yeah. I was a big, uh, Julio Franco fan, uh, Corey Snyder fan, Joe Carter fan back in their heyday. And uh, yeah, so um, then, you know, like my family was so obsessed that oftentimes we would go out of town. So we would go to Detroit or we would go to Toronto and go see a whole series of games, uh, especially oh, wow. once. Yeah, once they moved to, to the new stadium and things were sold out and hard tickets were hard to come by, we would take those road trips. And so. Um, I loved those trips and it was awesome to be, you know, the obnoxious Cleveland fans in, <laughs> you know, in the cheap outfield seats in, in Toronto or in, in the old uh, stadium in Detroit Tiger Stadium. So, yeah, just grew up on it with my it was just a family, a family thing and was obsessed like everybody else. That's great. Yeah, so many. Almost everybody who comes on and says they're a baseball fan has a great family connection there, and that's really mm -hmm. neat. And to see the different cultural experiences that your your grandparents had, and yet they were both big baseball fans. That's cool. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I it's funny to think about being that obnoxious fan going to different stadiums too. I uh, 
And, and Toronto fans always kind of surprise me because, you know, like Canadians are super nice in general. Right. But their fans are kind of rowdy when you go to a Toronto oh, yeah. Blue Jays game. Yeah. They're serious <laughs> I, about baseball. No they doubt are. About it. They are. And I feel like they kind of approach it like maybe they do hockey because they're like a little, just a little too intense sometimes. That's kind of my, right. my feeling about it. We experienced a little bit of that too when um, when the Cavs were dominating the Raptors a couple of oh, years yeah. ago. I remember that yeah. was fun to watch. Yeah, yeah it was. for sure. All right. Well, yeah. you were, you kind of got into it. Usually I ask people about their memories. And I know, so you, you've had the experience of kind of following Cleveland baseball kind of across the world, across the yeah. U.S. What's that been like for you? What are some of those? Yeah, um, it's been awesome. So uh, I thought actually maybe I would tell you one quick little story about the 1997 uh, Major League Baseball All-Star game that was in Cleveland. Um, I imagine, do you, did you watch it? Were you tuned in? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, so I was 17 at the time. Uh, my friends and I, four uh, four of us had summer passes to Geauga Lake. Did you ever go to Geauga Lake? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And so that was kind of like our thing to do in the summer. And I remember that morning I was thinking, wouldn't it be so cool to go to the all-star game? That would just be awesome. And then I was like, well, it would just be cool to be in Cleveland while that was happening. And so I just said something in passing to my mom as we were on the way out the door to go to Geauga Lake, me and my friends. She was like, do not go to downtown Cleveland. Do not do it. Right. <laughs> like, okay, okay. And I very easily allowed my friends to convince me to do it anyway. And so we went up there to Cleveland and we thought at minimum, we'll just walk around, be part of the excitement. Um, and then if by some weird chance, somebody will sell us cheap tickets, I think we had like a hundred bucks between the four of us. So there was not a good chance of us getting into the ballpark uh, from scalpers and stuff. And people like actually laughed uh, at us as we kind of like tried to buy tickets for $20 a piece that yeah, they right, just thought right. we were nuts. Right. And uh, then this guy comes up and he's wearing uh, a suit he's dressed to the nines he says do you guys want to see the ball game and we're like yeah but we've got like a hundred bucks total he's like follow me so he takes us up to the turnstiles in the um center field gates there and he makes us go ahead of him in line we get up to the turnstiles and he hands each of us upper box right behind home plate tickets to the wow. all-star game Wow, It was amazing. And so it turns out this dude was like the vice president of advertising for Major League Baseball. And he had said, I've, I've been looking all day for some some young kids to give these tickets to. And he wanted to make sure that we weren't going to turn around and scalp them. Right. So he yeah, pushes right. us through the queue and everything. But it was amazing. And of course, that was the game where Sandy Alomar won the game for us by uh, the home run. So that was just an incredible uh, childhood experience uh, that I'll never forget. That's you awesome. shared. Yeah, that's cool. And how'd your mom feel about it at the end? You know, I, I, during, <laughs> in between innings, I got up, got out and actually used a pay phone. This was before cell yeah, phones. Right. Right. Sure. Yeah. Like, Hey mom, are you watching the game? You know, you should look up above home plate occasionally. <laughs> she was like, you did not, you did not. It's kind of like we did. And the forgiveness was actually pretty easy to come by, but you know, like she was a worry wart and I wouldn't trade it any for anything in the world. It was awesome. Uh, that's funny. I'm glad she glad she forgave you on that. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, like yeah, I left Ohio in 2005. Went to South Carolina for graduate school. Lived there for uh, 11 years, and I think those were kind of like the lost years of my Cleveland baseball fandom. I was just into other things, you know. I was kind of like trying to 
de-jockify myself, you know, and be an intellectual, you know, grad student <laughs> and everything that didn't last. But, um, but those were like lost <laughs> years for me in a way. And, um, and then in 2015, my family and I moved to Seoul, South Korea, and I taught at an international school there. And, um, you know, like one of the, the things to do in Seoul was to go to baseball games and right. there's the, the Doosan bears played in, in central Seoul. And we'd, we'd go to those games that I don't know if you've uh, you've have any exposure to Asian baseball, but like I, I watched a lot of KBO during the pandemic. Did you? Yeah. How about yeah. that? So <laughs> maybe you got a sense, too, of like how like the fan experience is so different. Like, I mean, everything from like um, you can bring in your own food and, and booze to the stadium. Uh, they sell stuff inside, but they have all kinds of vendors set up outside. And so you get your fried chicken. Uh, you get your kimbap or whatever, you get your cheap um, beer and bring it into the stadium, which was just totally new for us, you know. Uh, and, you know, the cool thing about Korean baseball is, um, you know, uh, there, there are clearly two. So it's somebody's the home team, of course, but really both teams are equally home. And because Korea is so small geographically and if you got your team, you root for them and um, it's clear whose side of the, the stadium you're on based on who's who you're rooting for. And when your team was up to bat, um, it was your team's turn to cheer. Every, the other side had to sit down, right? And so the cheerleaders would get up on the dugout. They had a PA system that was like specifically directed toward your side of the stadium. And they'd play all the songs that everybody knew and they'd sing along to, dance along to. Uh, it was nuts, right? It was just like, it felt more like watching European soccer or something in terms of just the intensity of it, right? Uh, really a cool experience. And it honestly, like, it made me think like, American baseball is a little bit boring. Like, <laughs> right. I, I take my wife to games and stuff and and she's just like, um, could we get a little bit better view of the big jumbo screen? I mean, this is the most interesting <laughs> thing happening at the ballpark. Yeah. When the, the hot dogs, you know, get out to, to race each other, she's really excited or whatever, but, but like, yeah, I think she, she got used to Korean baseball and all of the, the wildness of it. So that was a cool experience. American baseball could learn a lot from the KBO and the Dominican league. Like those, mm -hmm. the, they're so exciting and the things they, the players feel comfortable doing there that they don't feel comfortable doing here to, to celebrate and to have fun. Yeah. It'd be great if we could learn yeah. some of that. Yeah, it's like yes. all of a sudden in American baseball, we become British or something like we become very reserved and like <laughs> there's all the unwritten rules and everything. Right. You know? Can't flip yeah. your bat. <laughs> I'm hopeful that this this kind of next generation of, of players are changing that, especially the Latin players from the Dominican yeah. and so forth. It seem like they're a little more comfortable unbuttoning a little bit and, and yeah. having fun. That's great. Thing. Yeah, so when exactly. We're doing when you're going to KBO games, that kind of reignited your uh, interest in the Guardians, so to speak. Or it did, it did. It, it um, I, you know, it didn't take long being overseas till I really felt this desire to have this visceral connection with home again, right? And baseball became that thing, and it it helped too that that year, um, getting into the 2016 um, season. Uh, one of my best friends at the school where I taught Brian, a uh, huge Cubs fan. Right. And so we spent the postseason like sort of like we could be going at it together, you know? And then of course, when the, the series happened, we trolled each other 
and snuck into you know abandoned classrooms in the in the school building to watch games when we weren't supposed to and then you know it was one of those things where like uh oh i was teaching american history when when game seven was was on i think they came back from a rain delay or something right and um and when davis hit the home run uh i had it up on the screen and for all my students from around the world and i just went nuts and they thought that i was nuts and uh and they, they weren't wrong um you know like it was devastating of course for all like for all of us that we lost in game seven but um it was also like to have a, a best friend who was a cubs fan you're kind of like i mean that was the series where you're like of course we want to win but like these are two teams that both desperately need to win right and so it was one of those bittersweet things where you're really happy for your best friend uh but you're also like crying as well. <laughs> yeah. I, so. There are some people that absolutely despise Cubs fans, but I know some really nice, great baseball yeah. fans. So I, absolutely. I, felt, I felt good for them. And, and and it was such a magical run for us. I, it didn't, it was, I mean, I, it, it was sad to lose, like you said, but I mean, I, I can't look back on that season, anything but joy overall, especially. Absolutely. Yeah. Like that Davis home run, the whole thing about it was that was that team when you thought that, it was over. It wasn't over. Exactly. And, and the unlikely guy would hit it. Yeah. That was, it yeah. Was good. So good. So good. So, so what are you yeah. thinking about as we, we head into this new era of Cleveland guardians baseball, what are, what are some of your uh, things you're looking forward to for the future and for the current team? Yeah. You know, like I love, I love your podcast and some of the others that I listen to because um, you guys are, are the kinds of nerds that, that really know baseball. And I say that with all the respect in the world, I'm just your boring old, like fan where I want to see everybody that's ever worn a, uh, you know, Cleveland Jersey still be on the team. And whenever we trade somebody, I'm like, I'm not like, this was a really strategic pickup for us. I'm like, who are these new guys? Give me the old guys, you know? Oh, yeah. um, so, but no, so it's good to, it's good to like, to get the, the baseball logic and everything from, from folks like you, which I really appreciate. Uh, but no, I'm just, I'm just, um, I'm just ready to ride all of the waves of the ups and downs. I love the, the despair of the first two games. And I loved the, the joy of the next four games, right? I was in Kansas city for uh, three out of the four first games um, to watch the guardians. And that was awesome. So I've got extended family. I live in Denver and I've got extended family in Kansas city. And so, especially on Sunday, uh, was the game when my whole extended family was there and all my kids and everything. And my board wife was with me and it was just awesome to have so much offense right in one day and from the right team as well. So <laughs> that makes a big difference. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was so cool. So, you know, um, what am I looking forward to? I mean, honestly, uh, I'm looking forward to going to Kansas city each time that the guardians are in Kansas city. And then they'll make a trip here to Denver as well in mid July. And oh. I'll go to all those games. I'm stoked for that. Uh, I'll go make a, a total fool out of myself at Coors field. <laughs> so I've, so yeah. I, I've been, I've been to about, I think I've been to 22 different stadiums. I always forget if it's 22 or 23. I haven't been to Coors yet. I definitely want to go there. I imagine that's a it's pretty a cool great, experience. It's a cool, it's a great ballpark. Um, you know, the, the experience at Coors Field, so Denver is a very kind of like uh, almost nobody is actually from Denver that lives here. And um, so what happens is when the Braves come to town or something, you know, like people that would have been wearing Rockies gear 
the day before are now sitting on the Braves side and wearing Braves gear because they're from Atlanta. They grew up as Braves fans. And so you have almost as many people rooting for the visiting team as you do for the Rockies. And then, you know, when their team's back on the road, no longer at Coors Field, then they put their Rockies gear on and they cheer on the Rockies when <laughs> Guardians, whoever comes to town. So it's a cool environment in that sense, almost like uh, my experience in Korea, actually, where there's lots of fans for both teams. And that's pretty unique about about Denver and Coors Field. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Well, Andy, tell us about where folks can follow you or whatever you'd like to promote today. Tell, tell folks where they can find you. Yeah, I don't have much to sell, unfortunately. But if you want to follow me on Twitter, my handle is at A-R Steger, A-R-S-T-A-G-E-R. I do stuff like uh, poetry and write essays and tweet about theology and, of course, uh, ignorant things about baseball as well. But, um, yeah, I'd love to connect with people on there. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll, and I'll put up a link to your Twitter also with, when we put up the episode and a link in the bio. I, I wonder now you're you're in a denomination. I wonder if you know Mark Sheffleton. I know Mark Sheffleton. But right, I met that's... Mark. Yeah, I met Mark in uh, Ohio last summer. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Mark's, one, Mark's one of my good friends. But Mark has said that he's giving up baseball because of the name change. So, mm. <laughs> uh, so that's interesting. Have you run into that very often? You know, I haven't run I haven't run into it in person with. Cleveland fans, uh, because I've not lived in Northeast Ohio too much. Um, I think my, I haven't really gotten the, the temperature of my extended family and how they feel about that. We didn't really talk about that at Christmas, but, um, you know, everybody asks me about that when I'm out of Northeast Ohio. Oh, what do you think? You know, especially Casey and stuff, you know, and you know, like my thing is, I actually think it's a great thing and it's exciting to be a part of history and a new era you know, I buy the Tom Hamilton spin on this all the time. Like, it's just great to have baseball in Northeast Ohio uh, secured for the future and nothing's lost. And we've got, uh, yeah, a new era upon us. I just have a very kind of positive view of it. And so I really don't have much time for all the people on social media that are like, never again, you know, I mean, it just seems like, really? (laughs) I feel yeah. like I feel like most of them when the team starts winning will be like, ah, okay, I think I okay, think I'm I back on my way back. Back on me. Change is hard. Change is hard for anybody to matter or yep. That's good perspective. You know what, to have. They say they say that people don't um, they don't dislike change. They dislike loss. Uh, and so if we can convince people true. that they have not lost anything. Um, uh-huh historically or otherwise which i think that's the tom hamilton shtick right like we haven't lost the cleveland indians um yeah that's just my thing yeah well mark's a great guy as as are many people that are struggling yeah. with the name change we'll, we'll hope for the best and it, hey we'll be Andy, patient with them exactly. yeah be patient be patient yeah. the lord is patient with us we'll be patient with that's us. right <laughs> hey i love your podcast so much it's really fun to talk shop with you and uh be fun to do it again sometime great andy all right well have a great day thank you Yeah, you bet. This has been the Cleveland Guardians Fancast. You can find us Monday through Friday on any podcast service that you prefer. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, like, and download so that we can continue to produce these podcasts for your enjoyment.